really appreciate you downloading this BGSM podcast on only specialisation in sport. I'm Liam West, a member of the BGSM editorial team, and on the line with me is Professor Angela Smith from Philadelphia. Professor Smith is an orthopaedic surgeon at Namor's Alfred I DuPont Hospital for Children, and is a clinical professor of paediatric orthopaedics at Sydney Kemmel Medical College at Thomas Jefferson University. She's past president of the American College of Sports Medicine, and it's great to have her clinical expertise on the podcast today. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Professor Smith. Thank you, Liam, for having me. Early sports specialisation is a highly debated topic wherever you go across the world. Do you think we could start with what are the benefits to it? Liam, I think it's really critical that kids do sports. And I'll have to say that it doesn't worry me that much what age they are when they start them. What I am interested in is that I want every child to have an opportunity to have a really positive physical activity, fitness um, experience when they're little, because I want them to learn how much fun it is to get fit. I want them to learn how great it feels to be fit. Um, I want them to be physically active and want to do that as they grow up, because not only do they develop a lesser chance of having um, problems such as metabolic syndrome, problems such as heart attacks and diabetes, and maybe even certain types of cancer. But we don't hear much about the fact that they also develop better bone geometry, geometry that's going to persist into adulthood and perhaps decrease their chance of osteoporotic fractures. I'm an orthopedic surgeon, so I'm sorry, I do have to think about that. But they also learn a whole bunch of other things. They, they develop a presence. They develop leadership capacity. Not enough has been done to really explore those areas, but I think it's just really critical that kids be active and perhaps be active in a single sport. I don't think it's that detrimental. It's clear from numerous studies that active kids do better academically. They've learned to manage their time, and it seems to me, anecdotally, that they've really developed lifelong friendships among their athletic friends and These are their family. These are people around the world that they can rely on and call on. This is a pretty unique network that these kids develop from early sports specialization. So when I look at this as a lifetime sports medicine orthopedic surgeon, I see sports sports specialization, even from an early age, as being something that's very positive. I think there's some really good points in there. But obviously with... Every debate, there's a good and bad side. So there's some negatives here um, to maybe concentrate on only one sport. For instance, Niru Jathanthe and his group discuss the increase of uh, injury risk. What are your thoughts about this? There's a lot of discussion about the injury risks in kids who specialize in sports early. And by the way, there's, I'll have to say, there's some debate and lack of clarity about how early is early because Nero's group actually um, includes up to age 18. I believe they were looking at children ages 7 to 18. The very few studies that are available that really are data-based, this is probably only four, by the way, four studies. Uh, But these studies don't have perhaps the best data collection methods. For example, the article that you're referencing, both Jampley's published article and also his updated abstract that was just delivered in Monaco a couple of months ago, use an interesting concept for how they're going to get their control group. It's not surprising that their injured group come from their sports injury clinic. 
But you understand, this is a sports injury clinic. This is not an all-comers clinic. This is a clinic that says you come here with your sports injury. The control group were not even necessarily athletes. The control group were kids who were at a primary care sports or primary care physician's office to have their well child checkup or perhaps to have a pre-participation physical examination for sports. The problem is that these kids were not matched for age. And we also don't even know if the kids who are there for their well child sports visits play sports at all. So you look at the averages and the average hours per week spent in free play or organized sports or um, disorganized sports are the same for the control group and the sports injury clinic group. So who's to say that that control group doesn't consist of children who in fact play just as much as the specialized group balanced out on average by the children who are just there for well-child checkups? We just don't have those data in the papers, and maybe he'll be able to give them to us, but those aren't in the papers. So we have to compare potentially apples and oranges, and this is some of the best work that's out there. Now, if we look at the injury rates that they reported, we see just what we would expect. We see, in fact, that there's about 70, 75% of the injuries in the sports injury clinic group are overuse injuries, those that occur from repetitive microtraumatic events, not the single acute injury like the ankle sprain or the broken wrist. And that's not surprising at all, given that this is a clinic labeled sports medicine injury clinic. But I can tell you that in my own office, where I certainly see sports medicine injuries, but I also see a general population with their acute and overuse injuries, that I see lots of kids with acute injuries from sports. If you look at previous studies that try to determine what kinds of injuries athletes suffer, they're probably half and half, acute injuries to overuse injuries. And in fact, if you look at a just published article, published um, out of Wisconsin by Dave Bell's group, the first author is Eric Post, and they are just looking at all the injuries that an athlete can recall over the past 12 months, and it turns out that they had really just as many acute injuries as overuse injuries. So when we look at Neurogeonte's data, we have to realize that they're skewed. They may still be the best data that we have out there, but they are skewed because of lack of a good control group. And they're also skewed because they're looking at who comes into a sports injury clinic, not who comes into a general uh, sports medicine office or just a general office that doesn't even have sports medicine attached to it. So with that, are you saying that we just don't know whether early sports specialization is putting our children or young athletes at an increased risk or not? There's some difficulties in how we look at early sports specialization. The first question is how early is early? For example, some athletes, to be successful at all, must be doing their sport as a year-round sport very young. Eight, nine, ten. For example, women's gymnastics. Conversely, at least I'm told, I haven't looked at these data myself, but I've been told that there are no pitchers in the American Major League Baseball who actually pitched as children. Yet I see kids in my office all the time with overuse injuries related to pitching. So in pitching, 
perhaps early specialization before the age of 12 or before the age of 14 or maybe even as a teenager at all is not a great idea unless you're going about it very, very carefully. On the other hand, if kids and their parents, parents being the critical part of this equation, if the kids and their parents understand that at the first sign and symptom of injury, they need to stop and get some attention to figure out why this injury occurred so it, number one, heals, and number two, doesn't come back. If they get this kind of early attention, maybe it's not such a bad deal to specialize early. So maybe the problem that we see is not our kids getting more injured because of early specialization, but how do we better train children and their families and their coaching staff to recognize that there's a problem early on? For example, this is the negative. I'll have to say that in my office that the kids who've been injured who are in team sports are the ones who are in tears most often. And they seem to be in tears because they feel they're letting their team down, that somehow they feel that they're the only one the team can call on to do a particular service. And now they're letting the team down at a critical time. And whether we like it or not, it seems that every time of the year seems to be a critical time. But that aside, it seems to me that it's the the team sport athlete who feels this need more deeply. Not to say it doesn't happen with the individual athletes. So some of the early sports specialization is sports specific and sports dependent. But I think we're falling down in another major area with early sports specialization. This isn't specific to sports specialization, but I think that Jante's work that he presented in Monaco points up very well that when we see children with injuries, perhaps particularly important in athletes who play the same sport year-round, the specialized athlete, that they are more likely to get re-injured. In other words, sustain the same injury again. We know from previous data on older athletes that the most common reason to get an ankle sprain or an ankle injury is a previous incompletely rehabilitated ankle injury. So I wonder why we would think any differently about any other kind of injury. So if we think about a young athlete who's growing rapidly, who probably has a muscle-to-bone length imbalance, unless they're working a lot on stretching, who probably has some strength imbalances, who is constantly changing the lever arms and the, the height and weight and breadth of the way they are, these kids are doing things differently in their sports almost every day because their body's changing. They have to learn the neuromuscular techniques to accommodate these changes. So number one, they have to be learning appropriate neuromuscular techniques to go with these bodily changes. And if they've been injured once and they haven't fixed the problems related to that injury and they haven't fixed the problems that caused the injury in the first place, if they were situations that could be improved on, then you know they're going to be in trouble. I mean, it's just not rocket science to imagine why they would have a problem later. So we need to figure out what are the growth and development related problems, determine what were the other mitigating factors that led to that injury in the first place, try to deal with psychological factors where possible, removing excessive parental pressure, team perceived pressure, coach pressure, real or perceived, and try to help the athlete become a whole person. But in terms of the injuries themselves, it doesn't worry me that kids who are playing the same sport year round are perhaps, I say that in all capital letters, perhaps more likely to sustain overuse injuries. You know, Liam, 
they may well be less likely to sustain acute injuries. There's some data pointing to that already, even though it's not statistically significant. We have very few articles, very few good studies. The kids who come into my office, if you look at some of the early kids, for example, we did a study um, looking at kids under the age of 10. And if we looked at the kids who had forearm or wrist fractures in my community practice over a two-year period, it turned out that there were 101 of them, which was a very convenient number. And if we used the months where children are outdoors in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, U.S. area, which are mainly beginning of May to the end of October, we found that 34 of them were injured in free play. That means almost 34% of them were injured just on monkey bars, that single thing, those, those horizontal ladders. If we go down to the most common sports injury, this isn't even organized sports. This is all sports. It was three. So 34 of them were injured. 34% of them were injured on monkey bars. Three of them were injured in soccer, and they were all girls in goal trying to block a soccer shot who broke their wrist. So if we look at the acute injuries, it seems like almost all of them are occurring in free play. We have no idea what the numbers are of free play versus organized sports. And I think anyone who implies that we do have those data doesn't have the data to show us to back that, um, that supposition up. There's some really good points in that, uh, Angela, so thank you very much for that. Um, we were actually talking off the podcast about this and other things, and, and you were mentioning how you think that early sports specialization isn't such a problem and that maybe we're asking the wrong questions. So what do you think the questions are that we should be asking? There are a few questions that I would love to know the answers to, and the current data just don't address them. One is... What is the real incidence of injuries in free play versus organized sports? In other words, are the children who aren't doing organized sports getting more injuries in free play just because of the time involved or because of their level? In other words, is it really bad in terms of injuries at all for kids to be in organized sports? Second, we really can't be discussing apples and oranges much of the data that are in the literature have to do with baseball pitchers or children participating in other overhead sports. That's very, very different from the child who's engaging in other types of sports. Similarly, those kids who are in jumping sports are going to be more likely to develop knee pain, for example. So every sport is going to have its own particular injury pattern. And overall, we may decide that it's not a bad thing to participate in some sports at an early age at a high level, but overall, we may decide that it is bad to participate in certain positions in certain sports, for example, at an early age, at a highly specialized level. And finally, my personal thought is that participation in sports at a high level develops so many critically important life skills that until we know what is the relative usefulness of participation in organized sports and developing those type of life skills versus doing something else with that same amount of time? We really don't have a clue as to whether kids doing highly specialized sports at a young age are good or bad. That's some really interesting questions and hopefully they stimulate research within the area to maybe give us the data to back 
opinions on them. Thank you very much for your time on this call, Professor Smith. Thank you very much, Liam. I really enjoyed it. You've been listening to a BGSM podcast with Professor Angela Smith on early specialisation in sport. If you want to hear Professor Smith and loads of other fantastic speakers, check out the South African Sports Medicine Association, SASMA, annual congress that's happening in Cape Town on the 24th to the 27th of October of this year, 2017. The link for this conference is in the podcast blurb. You can interact with the BGSM via the app or through our various social media channels. 